This episode of the Spoon Mob Podcast is brought to you by Stello Mints. Recently, I was surprised to learn that one-third of Americans are living with extreme stress, and sadly, this effect has only been compounded by the pandemic. This has left millions of people, like myself, trying to figure out how to cope with the ever-increasing pressures from work and life. This is the exact reason why Stello Mints were made. Stello Mints are powered by 5 milligrams of hemp extract, CBD, and come in three bold flavors, lemon, peppermint, and matcha. Each tin contains 30 mints, and each mint is a fast and simple way to feel more calm and clear-minded throughout your day. And now for a limited time, you can get a free sample of Stello Mints by going to stellomints.com. That's S-T-E-L-L-O mints.com and enter the coupon code SpoonMob at checkout for a free sample of Stello Mints with shipping included and get started on your CBD Stello Mint journey today. Welcome to Parts Now Known, Ethiopia. This is episode five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's Borneo, Turkey, I think it's Istanbul. And then uh, Charleston, which will just be you just drooling into the microphone for 45 minutes. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> episode's not bad. I mean... Ring, like, ringing endorsement, by the way. Well, it's way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I'll go with that. I mean, that's I, fair. I was like, oh, is this episode going to suck? But it's actually pretty interesting. And like, I don't have like a big history with Marcus Samuelson. I know he does the no passport required show on PBS. There's like two seasons of it. I think maybe one season got like nixed because of COVID or something. Um, but he's popped up on like top chef sometimes. He, and he always just, he's always seemed like very over the top, but this was kind of like, felt like authentic Marcus Samuelson, like not like TV personality, Marcus, mm-hmm. you know, well, they were on a show together, right? The Taste. Weren't they both on that? They might have been. With that Ludo guy from L.A. Yeah. Or he's French, but he lives in L.A. So yeah. From L.A. Ludo Lefebvre. Yeah. Um, which was kind of a cool show, but of course it was kind of cool, so they got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they all just like hated doing it. I don't know. It's Who possible knows? that like maybe the production company was just a nightmare, and they're just like, yo, we're, we don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, or Bourdain's like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm done here. But... Uh, yeah, no, I agree. It was it was an interesting episode. I did learn some things I didn't know. Um, I didn't really care the about the music good. stuff in the middle. Yeah, that was a big, that was a phone peaking session for me. Yeah, that was like the jujitsu stuff from like the previous episode where it's like, all right, well, I got like five minutes. Like, <laughs> and it is nice to like see, like learn that. But like sometimes that stuff is like, could that have been a minute? And we've turned it into six. Yeah. But whatever. I guess that has to do with the editing process and how much other content there is that they could swap in or use or, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, my only hope is that someone that actually worked on that show, like, comes across this podcast and just hears our, like, nitpicking (laughs) little (laughs) pettiness. And they're like, who the fuck are these guys? (laughs) Like, you make an hour show out of fucking Ethiopia, you know, without doing the same shit that everybody else has done, which I don't know what else anybody has done. For um, Ethiopia, probably not. I mean, I don't feel like that's a place where a lot of travel shows go. I also didn't, I didn't know it was landlocked. I learned yeah. that. Um, I just thought it was on the coast. I didn't, I forgot Djibouti was like. Yeah. Um, but Djibouti's not very big, so it's like. There's a couple other countries, but yeah. I just, Djibouti stuck out to me. One, funny to say. And two, um, in another 
career, we would send people there to do fun things. Yeah, I mean, that was actually the place that people wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they wanted to go there, Bahrain. Yeah. Were kind of the two places that they, they would rather go. I I mean, this is, I was trying to figure it out. I didn't go back and look, but it's probably like the sixth or seventh episode. Like, he almost has a season's worth of episodes in Africa up to this point. Because mm-hmm. there's like Tunisia, uh, South Africa. Libya. Yeah, Libya is another one. Um Ethiopia, that's four. And there's probably one we're forgetting, right? I mean. Yeah, I'm sure there's Congo. Yeah. That's five. Like, I feel like there's an, even another one in there somewhere. Is Morocco? Morocco's Africa, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so Morocco. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're up. We're so, yeah, basically, like, out of the six seasons, like, one entire season is going to Africa, which is kind of cool because, like, nobody ever really goes to Africa. Mm-hmm. You think some of that is not being able to go there as easily with the travel channel? I know that was part of it, but I don't know that all of those destinations fall Probably, under that. But I know Libya does. Isn't like the travel channel also like they're super religious or they were whoever owned it at one point? So I Definitely conservative. I don't know play. if there's a, usually those go hand in hand. Like though. Maybe they didn't want to showcase like Africa on their network. <laughs> I mean, what? Is that a religious thing? Is there like I a, mean, an be. anti-African religion? Well, it'd be more like we couldn't convert them to, you know, whatever our religion is. So, like, eh, why do we want to showcase, like... Jeez, that would be, like, some real... That's some weird shit. I mean, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. No, but it would be weird. Yeah, it's, a, um, it's a weird world out there, Ben. No, we're learning that more and more every day. Kind of surprised that CNN was really starting to push the boundaries with the beheading of animals. Like we got chickens getting their heads cut off, lambs getting their heads cut off, and they cut away at the very last second. I was like, we're getting really close to just showing a full bed in here. <laughs> Jesus. I'm a fan of that, though. I, uh, that came out wrong. <laughs> it's not like I'm sitting there with like popcorn going like, fuck yeah, cut his head off. It's more like, hey, this is what happens, you know? Like, it's not, it doesn't just show up wrapped in cellophane. Not that I've ever butchered it. I'm sitting here like I was a fucking farmer or something. Certainly not the case. I went to the grocery store, you know, but like, it is, I think it's important to see that. Yeah, I'm just surprised that like, they're able to show as much of that as they do. Mm -hmm. With it being a news network, like usually they're held to higher standards and all that stuff. Or they were at one point. Maybe that's not the case anymore. I don't know. Because that was like the whole thing with news networks was like, originally the news was supposed to be like basically public broadcasting. It like It was like one hour of unsolicited, like on advertising or whatever out of the 24 hours. But maybe it's different because CNN's like a 24-hour news channel. Yeah, that's so why it maybe, was founded, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I mean, I just didn't really know much about Ethiopia. You know, a couple things, capital, Addis Ababa, but I didn't realize like it's one of the fastest growing economies in the world when they filmed this. Yeah, how's that going? I wonder. I don't know because you know so other things don't age as well. I'm sure it's fine. You don't hear anything about it. I mean, they said it was fueled by direct foreign investment, so maybe. You know, I know China's like really making inroads into that part of 
Africa, so maybe it's heavily financed by China now, some of that stuff, or maybe mm-hmm. before it was a mix of European and some U.S. investment. I, I don't know. Like, you just never hear about it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how they opened the episode, too, where, and I think I still had this, where you hear Ethiopia, and, like, he he doesn't really make it, kind of makes a joke. He's like, you always think of, like, distended bellies and, like, starving people and all that. And then you do really find out, like, well, that's, this is not at all what I thought it would be, you know? It's not starving Marvin from South Park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's, like, this is a major metropolitan area. I did, did I hear this right, that the median age is under 19? I did not hear that, but I might have just missed it. Because that just seems so young. Like, I know that it's young, but, like, that seems really young. Well, the um, way that they were kind of framing it was, like, a lot of people left when they went from, they had, like, the Soviets kind of had a regime in there. And then they had, like, a king or whatever who was kind of okay. And then he wound up getting displaced out. Um, by that other dictatorship basically um th- and they came in and then like all the way up until like 1992 they had this like hardline regime that was running everything and then they were talking about like people now like coming back okay so maybe it's yeah maybe like people came back wound up having kids and stuff and now it's like to the point where it's like yeah a bunch of young people because they essentially like for they basically had like a forced brain drain where like anybody who was educated left the country for fear of being killed. Yeah. As labeled as like an enemy of the state. So maybe, yeah, which is crazy like that you would do that to your own country. Just like, Oh, all the smart people were forcing them to leave. That's not going to set us back at all. Yeah. That is a weird move. It's a really strange move. Like I get why, I guess it's to, so that you just seem even more powerful, you know? But then you just end up with the idiocracy situation eventually, right? Yeah, and then you have no infrastructure, like no roads, no tech, nothing. Mm-hmm. No hospitals. Water and plants with Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't call it Gatorade, though. What are they? I'm trying to remember what they call it's like it. like splurge or something. Or something like <laughs> something weird, yeah. The never colonized thing was interesting because, I mean, you're just talking about a regime that's like fronted by another country so it's like yeah that's not technically colonized but you know like if you're a puppet government run by another country it's like teetering on the line right yeah i guess i mean it's not like the dutch came in like with and like literally conquered them right they're just like but you could argue if some if another country is running your government is it though like yeah like the dutch learned their lesson from that and they're like all right we need to just stay back here and just just pull the strings. The American move. Yeah. Yeah, just let the CIA, like, oh, this guy died. And, like, this other guy just randomly was, like, vetted and ready for power. It's weird. You didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, Can you skateboard? No, not really. Let's dig into that. What does that mean? Like, can you ollie? I think that makes me think that you can do something, but you're like not super proud of it. You're like, yeah, I kick flipped this one time. I've never even kick flipped. So I used to be able to like, when I'm like a kid. Yeah. But now, well, I, yeah, I was going to say, I know you couldn't now. Well, I mean, you could do anything you put your mind to. Let's get that out there right now. shouldn't assume that I couldn't do it now, but no, I cannot do it now, but that's not the point. Yeah. Okay. 
you know you're right i shouldn't have assumed that <laughs> uh yeah that's kind of like <laughs> the one they were showing that part i was just like oh they culturally appropriated skateboarding from us <laughs> That's a that's a California white kid thing. How dare they? I'm not touching that. It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, good for them. It looked like it was having a really positive effect, you know? But I also feel like you can just shoot anything and make it look like, hey, this is this is really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably that's true. My next question is, I know I'm jumping around here, but I, it's didn't, fine. I didn't really feel like a flow to this episode, really. No. It was very really... segmented. Yeah. Um, but I was just going to ask you, like... It's kind of the part of the deal, it seems like, with when there's a guest host. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. It, it's a little bit more... But I th- it probably has to be, because they, cause you're dealing with two people instead of one, so it's like they probably have more of a structure to their like day. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask you, when are we getting hammered on Turbo? that was what um like why i wrote it down wine beer and sprite that's it i think i thought there's i thought there's four things i i know i wrote it down too let me find it there is a gin gin Gin. beer wine and sprite mixed together oh i let oh god it doesn't sound nearly as good with the gin in it that doesn't sound good at all what kind of wine though do we know that you're not going red wine no that looked like it was white wine yeah God, but still gin and red wine. That does not sound. They drank it all though, Ray. Yeah. They drank it all. How do you feel about somebody feeding you and putting their fingers in your mouth? That was weird for me. Like that would take a I, lot I of get getting that used sweet. to. Yeah. I don't know if I can, especially if it's like your hand, like I have to eat out of your hand. Like it'd be weird enough if like the former vegan, what's her name? If she were to feed me, you know? Um, but who apparently is also an expert in Ethiopia. That is true. She has been to Ethiopia. But declined our invitation to come on the podcast to talk she about did. Ethiopia. And it was actually... It's pretty disappointing. Well, and to just do it in writing like that, you know? When we have close contact, you could have... Well, I mean, obviously, a little shy to speak. Obviously, didn't want to come on the podcast and tell us about her journey into Ethiopia, you know? Yeah, I mean, we had a we had an Indian expert an India expert on the podcast previously, you know, did a great job. Yeah. So we're open to, you know, people that with expertise in certain regions that come up on the show to, to come on and, you know, we got a third microphone. We got another chair here. Some people just don't want to do it. And still waiting for the bathhouse expert has not shown up anywhere in any comments or what are we, we're looking address. for? What is there bathhouses in Columbus? Is that what you're looking for? No, I, I think, don't even remember. No, I don't either. I think what it was, was like, is there, is a bathhouse in America, like the one in Budapest where it's like, people just literally go in there to like bathe and like sauna kind of a thing. Or is it always like a seedier operation? Let's say, um, is other stuff happening? You got your above board. You got your below board. Oh, so is it like a front? front? And I'm not saying which one's which, by the way. <laughs> so you, you know, maybe know. maybe the Hungarian is below board. That version of it is below board, and the American version is above board. So you want to know if a bathhouse in America is really a cover for? Not, like... It's not a cover. Not a cover. <laughs> it's just what's expected. <laughs> okay. You know what is expected in America versus Hungary. 
That's all. So is it a place that you would go to have a sexual encounter? I don't know what it would be. <laughs> well, if you want someone to write in, you got to No, I mean, I'm, I'm asking, you know, I mean, who's been to bathhouses in America? I want to know. That's it. Okay. I'm not going into it with any sort of, you know, like, what would it be? I don't know. It's just someone trying to learn, right? I also think we want to know if there was even a bathhouse in Columbus, right? That was the, yeah, I think that was part of it. Yeah. Since it's since we're like the twelfth biggest city by population or something. Yeah, a little misleading though. Metro area. Yeah. I was gonna say, like it doesn't feel like a Well that's because we have no boundaries. It just no. spreads out. I feel, like no, I feel like I'm in therapy now. <laughs> no, we have no water like we don't have an ocean next to us where yeah. it's like you have to build up. We just keep building outward. Yeah. It's like Dublin is just growing and Yeah, it is it is an interesting problem set yeah there's no just natural barrier like vegas it's like the mountains it's like eh, we could build into the mountains but like that's a lot of effort why yeah so it just keeps going like this yeah the strip just keeps getting longer longer yeah um so i don't know yeah but positive reviews for ethiopia um apparently the food's great food looked good um she did not have turbo, which I was a little upset because I was, I wanted to get like a real boots on the ground review of turbo. Cause it really excited me. I mean, it just, it was like a college drink. What about the other thing? The Tej? Oh, Tej? that was that weird drink that like, doesn't really get you drunk. What was, yeah, I didn't understand. Fermented honey and barley. So it's basically like mead kind of, that's gonna, that's gonna be super sweet. I don't think I'd be into that. Not that turbo is not sweet. Let's be honest here. <laughs> I don't know what that. Because what kind of wine, like, I know that, like, there's, like, South African wine has a sort of a little bit of a reputation, right? Yeah. There's, like, good stuff there, but, like. That's kind of, like, the, yeah, but is there, Africa, I think that's pretty much the region. So. That's, like, Africa's that's really Napa. That's a really long way from Ethiopia. So what kind of wine are they drinking there? I don't know. But it's an arid climate. That's where wine does well, but it's so warm, right? Uh, I would assume. Uh, yeah, but I. I mean, it can be warm because it gets warm in Napa. It's about like not having giant temperature fluctuations. Like okay. where, where Napa gets in trouble is like when they have either like a lot of rain or like it gets cold. Okay. They have like a cold snap because it stunts like the growth of the so then the vines. That's just crazy because like I think of certain places in France is like. Like they produce that great wine. I guess I just don't even know enough about the climate because I think of part of it is you would have those fluctuations, but I guess they don't. Yeah, you can like I don't know. I think you can tolerate like some part, but like the extremes, like okay. bouncing back and forth, like really messes stuff up. I think. Like the southeast would be pretty rough. Yeah, because I mean, like we have wineries here in Ohio, but none of them are good. <laughs> But and then, then you like, got like the Finger Lakes, the Finger Lakes. But that's some always stuff sweet, in, sweet yeah, wine. Some stuff in Virginia, yeah. Some stuff around like the Toronto area or Toronto, mm-hmm. and well then um, Vancouver. Okay, area kind of. Um, but yeah. What I mean, what did we? Uh, I'm trying to think of like what else happened in the episode. I mean, a lot of it's about. Marcus really and just kind of his relationship with Ethiopia and like they tell the story in there but basically like 
there was a tuberculosis epidemic. So his mom took him and his sister. How did they? She walked. No, but I mean, how did they get rid of that? Was there a well, she wa- vaccine? <laughs> there is a vaccine for TB. <laughs> um, did that help at all or no? Yeah, it just, we don't, we don't do those. I believe it did. I believe it did. Yeah. Just curious. I didn't know if that's how you treat those sort of things or not. But yeah, she walked like they said, like 75 miles to, I think it was like the Swedish embassy or something like that. Um, she wound up passing away because of the TB. Him and his sister wound up being fine, uh, getting adopted by like a Swedish family. So they had like Swedish parents, adopted parents, and then he wound up moving to New York. That's where he met his wife because she was in Harlem. Um, but it's it's really strange because like then they sponsored like his step siblings because his dad remarried or whatever. Um, and then they sponsored like the step siblings to move to the city from the farm because if they stayed on the farm, like apparently women don't have an education after like second grade wind up just doing work either working on the farm or working out of the house then it's like forced arranged marriage possible like abduction comes into play i guess and stuff too so it's not exactly the best country i think for growing up as a woman if you're not in a city it sounds like it's worse the united states i think you have more rights in the united states okay <laughs> no, it seems pretty bad. Yeah, it doesn't seem great. Um, but yeah, his he basically blew up like Aquavit in New York City is this restaurant owned um, by this guy. I forget his name. It's like Henrik something. But he's Swedish, Scandinavian. And he opened this restaurant and Marcus was like the first chef and like, got three stars from the New York times. Like it really kind of blew up. And then there was a few other chefs in between him and the chef who's there now is Emma Bengston, who originally she was like a pastry chef and then made the switch to executive chef, which is like an unheard of thing. Uh, now it has like uh, Michelin stars and everything. They opened like a sister location in London and all that stuff. But that was kind of where Marcus first, like kind of popped up on the scene in terms of, cooking and then he opened his own restaurant uh in harlem red rooster that was like 2010 he's done some other stuff with some restaurants he's done a few different shows he wrote a book uh i think he wrote a cookbook and a memoir um so he's done he's been around like he makes appearances on like different competition shows like top chef stuff like that so it was kind of like they basically were going to ethiopia and you know, Bourdain was good friends with Marcus, so it was kind of just made sense for them to go together since it was the first time that he was going back in like four years or something like that kind of thing. Um, and that's just kind of the whole thing, you know. I mean, they try and make it to be like, you know, where are you really from and stuff like this because, you know, he's Swedish, he's Ethiopian, he's American, like he's all these things. But, yeah, I don't know. I, the where are you from part didn't really stick, I don't think. Like he's yeah, just not from, for me either, yeah. He's from everywhere. Like and yeah. It's fine. Like I don't think you really have to have an identity. I was like, I'm from here, I'm from there. I don't know. 
but should we go get Ethiopian food? Uh, there is an, there's Ethiopian food here in Columbus. I forget the name of the restaurant though. I know there is one. Yeah. I did. That's, I know there's a Swahili place too. I think, is that, I think Swahili is like Riziki's. And that's Kenya, right? Typically, uh, I know that it goes across borders like it that. Can, might, I mean, yeah. it's Ethiopia might be somewhat Ethiopian too. Okay. Yeah, because I guess that because that all blends. Yeah, the weird thing is like when you start going through languages, it's like Swahili like kind of goes through four or five different countries. It, but it depends on like what part of the country too, like the region. It gets real weird because then there's Arabic. Aramaic, or Amharic, um, Somali, Swahili, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just all across the, that region. But, yeah, I mean, you know, there's not... The Gantanga restaurant looked really good, the first restaurant that they were at. The Najira bread, sautéed white cabbage, sautéed greens, chickpea stew, that spice, that... Burberry. Yeah, that, I'm really curious to try that. That it looks like it kind of looks like like the dirt that you would see in a major motion picture for like Africa, like Blood yeah. Diamond, you know, like yeah, it's yeah. super like red or like brown, like it's got it doesn't it almost like doesn't look real. It looks like saff like saffron and cinnamon had a child. Yeah, it like just you're like that color just you just never really seen it like anywhere before and you know, it just almost doesn't kind of look real. It's, it's really interesting. I wonder, I have no idea what it tastes like, but apparently they put it in everything. Yeah. I think we need to go get Ethiopian food and just, uh, and then I'll feed you <laughs> yeah. as is tradition. Keep your fucking fingers away from my goddamn mouth, <laughs> especially in times of COVID too. I don't want your fingers anywhere near my mouth. You could blame COVID, but I know it's say you don't trust me. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I wouldn't even. I mean, I don't even think when we got married, like we didn't do the. I don't think we did that. Oh, do you have like a phobia? I just didn't want somebody shoving cake in my face. Man, what a Debbie Downer! Still a good wedding though. Didn't you know what? Didn't detract because <laughs> I haven't thought about it once. So good for you. If I remember correctly, I think we both like looked at each other and like. I also had about 30 Mai Tais. So. <laughs> Don't fuck around and I won't fuck around kind of thing. Like it was like, yeah, it was basically like the Soviets in the U S just being like, we're going to take a day off here. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Like in, I think it was world war one where they had that, like they had the football match yeah, around like Christmas, Christmas yeah. truce or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The music scene stuff. They didn't really care about Kibe, which is Ethiopian butter. Apparently comes in different stages of fermentation. Really curious uh, on that, too. Yeah, because, like, some of it's more fermented than others, and it changes the flavor. I was like, that's really interesting, and I'm sure it's here in restaurants that people mess around with that stuff, but I'm, it's kind of surprising. Well, I guess it's not kind of spread. It, in a way, it's kind of surprising you don't see it in a grocery store, but on the other hand, like, would the general American population be cool with, oh, this this is super fermented butter. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if you could, because I know that there's like some, or at least an African grocery store, which even saying that is kind of crazy because Africa is so vast. Um, but I think it's like, you know, the Somali population we have here and all that. I think Talking about jungle gyms? 
I don't know. No, it's, it's in Columbus. Um, Jugman Dims does have an Africa section, though. Do they really? Yeah, they got a. I mean, they have everything. That's pretty cool. Um, but anyways, I wonder if like you could find it somewhere like that. Cigara, or like, but it's like, would they have to make it? You know, is it Cigara or Cigara? I don't say it right. Probably, no, it's like on Morse Road, though, right? We're thinking yeah. the same place. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know if like, I don't think you would like import it or anything. It seems like something you would have to make. Yeah, I don't. I also don't know like how much of that stuff you could find because even with having the international markets that we do. It's mainly because of the Somali population that we have. Because we have, like, the second most Somalis outside of, like, I think it's, like, Minneapolis. Yeah. Is the biggest. And, then like, I think, I forget if it's, like, Detroit is kind of up there. But it, it gets, I think Detroit's, like, really Syrian heavy. Because yeah, Toronto I don't know. is, too. Because a lot of people went from Syria to Toronto... Is it back in like the ninety, like the Gulf War times? I think, and maybe Iranian too. Yeah, I don't know. I know that there's a huge Arabic speaking population in Detroit. I just don't know what country most of those people are from, or if it's like yeah, just I, I don't know. I thought it was Syrian, but it could be wrong. You know, what? I'm gonna look it up so that we at least know something. Today. <laughs> um, when he's um, when he's like cutting the chicken at the market and then he's like his wife goes uh maya she's like wait did he take the skin off and then both marcus and bourdain look at her and they're like yeah did it one move just a quick and then skin's gone and bourdain bourdain was was like that was amazing (laughs) that was really impressive um okay so i got a breakdown here um you're right Large group uh, Syrian, so that's 200,000, double any other group. Um, followed by a Lebanese, 100,000, Iraqi, 60,000, uh, Palestinian and Jordanian, 25,000, and then Yemeni, um, like 10,000, and there's something with 5,000 that Google cut off. But I knew it was like, I knew it wasn't just one, but yeah, I mean, it's still a huge, a huge part of that city. Um, it's kind of interesting, but. Um, yeah, I wonder if they're going to get many Afghan refugees. So they're kind of being spread out all over. I don't. I know that. Which like, is kind oh, of there's a, a big Afghan population in California. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I know that the situation they're in. I don't think they really care where they. Wind yeah, up they get to they choose or you know whatever. But um, it seems kind of weird that the government a lot of them are still in Afghanistan. You know, <laughs> not that I want to get started into all that, but I mean. Well, I wonder what the reason is. It's just pretty shitty that they got left there. Why they're not choosing like four or five like cities. I don't know. Why did we give the Taliban a list of the people that helped us out? Why did we negotiate with them and just go, yeah, man, we'll be out of there. And then when it's realizing like we're getting down to it, it's like, oh, this is going to be a huge mess. Why we didn't just go, yeah, we're not leaving for another month. I don't understand that at all. I guess the logic would be if you delayed it, you would continuously find reasons to delay it. I think was maybe the fear. That's I'm 
just yeah. spitballing here. Yeah. Okay. You know? All right. I was like, you don't I, really believe that, do you? No, but I mean, I could see how somebody could justify like, well, we're going to delay again. Like, then what are we going to do? Delay another 30? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when is it enough? And they're like, when we don't want to piss off the Taliban. You know, we negotiate. It's um, like, since when do we care? The problem is that they, the problem is that the previous administration basically put in a deadline mm-hmm. that was arbitrary and they were like, yeah, we're going to hold to that. And it, and it's like, but why? Why? And then also the new administration, like, I was like, yeah, we'll get to that. Like, we'll look at that in June. Like, we got other stuff going on. And then, like, it was August. It was, like, July. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to, we're supposed yeah. to get everybody out of there by the end of August, right? <laughs> Jesus. I like, mean, it's like somebody just, like, kept putting it off and, like, took the paper from the stack of the pile and put it underneath. And, like, it'll come back around. And then it came back around and, like, ah, shit, we didn't do that. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Where um, you should have just been slow, like taking stuff out and consolidating, and then you would have had plenty of time. You could still have the deadline, but it should have been something that they were actively working, not waiting until June or July to be like, yeah, we're going to start evacuating people now, having people come home, drawing down. Yeah, but I'm not an expert on it. Just from the little bit that I do know, it just seems extremely poorly executed. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to end up paying for that with their lives and they helped us you know so yeah it's the people that were in country that were helping us not the the people that came from the u.s and went over there to translate or stuff like that they were already u.s citizens so they came back but it's the people that were living there that were like yeah i'll interpret for you or you know Mm -hmm. whatever it's a good paying job and then they also some of them got the promise of basically getting fast track through citizenship if they mm-hmm. did if they did certain amount of years of translation or helping or whatever and and they just maybe they didn't like the taliban you know um from previous yeah instances like maybe the taliban killed one of their parents or something like that so yeah those are the people that are gonna get screwed which you won't really hear about no you'll hear maybe like a it'll be like a 60 minutes report on it in like november yeah, and or something a few like tweets that. Tweets about how terrible it is, but that'll be way. about it. Yeah, you won't hear too too much. And maybe the administration knows that. Maybe that's why they just handled it the way they did. Yeah, possibly. Anyway, uh, that's our Ben just stepping on political <laughs> landmines there. <laughs> Not really, though. Yeah, no, it's pretty hard to argue I, that point. Yeah, I don't. Th- I mean, it doesn't it doesn't even matter what party that you're affiliated i think pretty much everybody was kind of like uh we could have done this way better like did we not learn anything from vietnam like 40 years ago yeah did you see the picture i mean that that was going everywhere yeah yeah the chopper and yeah all that stuff um what else i mean they had the cookout at the end coffee with salt yeah i don't know if i'm gonna be trying that i'm trying to figure out why they use salt you got me. Is it like sugar is just too high priced or is like the salt supposed to offset like the acidity of the car co- or something? Like I don't. Yeah, I definitely I couldn't figure that out. I was running it through my head watching it. I was like, I don't quite understand why they're doing that. <laughs> and I also don't know if I would really want to try that because <laughs> that just seems strange. Uh, yeah, it dampens the bitterness. Okay. All right. 
um, Dorwai, the classic chicken stew they had that Marcus cooked. What else? Thought it was interesting that uh, they had to slaughter two lambs, so one was halal, because they have Christians and Muslims, I guess, both there. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's one of the few countries where Christians and Muslims can live side by side and not have a bunch of issues. It's pretty rare. Yeah, I mean, well, the United States. Yeah, but I'm talking like no, I mean, <laughs> within the Muslim world. You know, I mean, it's what was uh, the other place? Yeah, he went somewhere else like that, didn't he? Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Yeah. It's escaping me. It's not Lebanon. It is Lebanon. It is Lebanon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he went to Lebanon. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else on here. Do you think it outrun Bourdain? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Sorry, there's a, a running shot, which I thought was interesting. Definitely outrun Bourdain. Then I thought like Roadrunner, like literally, you know, and then, uh, but yeah, still a pretty good episode though. Like, yeah. I don't know that there was a lot for us to talk about, but it no. was interesting. You did, I did learn some things, you know? Yep. For sure. Just don't ask me what they are. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I mean. Your South Carolina football team lost, as expected. Um, this Gabby thing has just taken over the internet. Yeah, but they've kind of solved it now. So, justice for Gabby. Well, they haven't confirmed that it's her. I think body, we're back right? to Brittany now. I don't know if you're aware, but the news oh, cycle has shifted. She, she has problems again. No, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um,. What's the one food you would want to try? I mean, there were a lot of interesting things in there. I put uh, just pretty much like what they had at that uh, Katagna restaurant, like the first place that they were at. Mm-hmm. Like they first met up, kind of seemed like it was might have been in like a hotel or something. Pretty much that, like they had that big spread come out. Okay. I think that was what I would go with. I'm going turbo and Tibbs. <laughs> Uh, would you go there? I would, but it's it's not going to be high on my like places to go list. And I also think you need a translator because like they had his wife there, Maya, and she speaks the language. But like I don't know how. Like maybe you'd be fine in the capital city, like English. There's enough where you could get around. But I did see I this. Know. You know, I've, I've been watching Ninety Day Fiance the other way. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Sorry, did I just blow up the uh, the sound there? No, you're just talking about. 90 day fiance. Oh, um, well there's, there's an Ethiopian connection. Oh, is uh, there? Yeah. Tell me more, please. I, some of the listeners may enjoy this cause they, you know, it's a pretty popular show, but this girl from somewhere in the Northeast gets pregnant in Ethiopia and then wants to go back there to have the baby. Her dad's a physician. Her mom is like, Hey, that's not a good idea. And right now, the part I'm on, they're touring. Like, he's like the guy's like showing her his house, which is actually nice. Like, he has like a real toilet. Is the guy from Ethiopia? Yeah, yeah, the guy's from Ethiopia. So, yeah, another reason why that's dumb is because it wouldn't have U.S. citizenship. The baby. Yeah, no, there's a lot of problems. It'd be different if it was the guy, and like 
because then because that's like the soccer player rule as long as i think it's as long as the father is of u.s citizenship you're and you're born you get u.s citizenship too but if the mother isn't you don't yeah unless you're born in the u.s right yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're born in another country yeah so like they uh it's just wild right now because the mom is like i worked my whole life so you're gonna come over here and have a baby in like a hospital that's not as good where they don't have epidurals and like all this other stuff and they go oh this is the best part so they go to um this what do you call that like a lamans class or like a not a lamans I mean, it's not what is it lamas lamas that's what yeah. it is i said like lamans that's like it's a like, car race yeah that's yeah, for yeah. Hours. a rolex 24 hour lamans um it's probably Le Mans. but anyways yeah. there's a japanese lady in the class and she's like, oh, like, you're the and the Japanese lady is like, wait, what? Like, you're going? <laughs> she's like, I came to the U.S. so I could have an epidural. Like, this is a great place to have a baby. Like, what are you thinking? And it's just my favorite part. Like, because it's just like, how dumb are you? I don't understand it. But he was the guy at a nice house for, uh, for Ethiopia. And, um, but it's like, she. it's just crazy to me when, like, these people, like, go to another country and they're like, oh. I just didn't think it was going to be like this. Like, oh my God. And it's like, what did you expect? Just yeah. weird. Anyway. Sorry for making everyone's ears bleed for the last three minutes. <laughs> no, I don't know I mean, where I ranked the episode, okay? Um, one thing learned, just the, the capital city is such a fast-growing economy. Best scene I thought was probably like the first scene when they met up. There's not really like there's not really a standout scene. I'm gonna go with our boy just doing work on the chicken. Yeah, super okay. impressive. That's true. Great yeah, technique. Good pick. Yeah, I just I just respect craftsmanship, Ray. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. Would I go there? Yeah. Where do you rank it? So I put it. I put it in the middle. I put it 27th. I just put it above the Bay Area because although I love San Francisco and it's a super fun place, that episode with the Bay Area, a, a lot of the stuff featured is closed. And also half of the episode was jujitsu, where this didn't have half of the episode contributed to the music scene. Um, so those are kind of my determining factors as to why it should be higher than the Bay Area episode. Yes, I think this... That makes this my new number 32 and slide the Bay Area down. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Did I just cheat off your test? Maybe a little bit. It's fine. Do you want to talk about the... Uh, I, I watched this documentary that Ben had recommended. Oh, God. What was it? It was the Lula Lula. Oh, Rich Lula Row. Yeah, it's Lula. called Lula Rich. Yeah, it was the name of the thing. Four um, parts. It's on Amazon Prime. I would recommend watching it. It is pretty hilarious. I mean, it's like forty-five minute episodes. Do we need a Stellament palate cleanser <laughs> in between talking about the food and then going into Lula Rich? Or no, no, we got them at the front end of the episode. Okay, that's so fine. I would just like to. I do stand behind the product, um, but yeah, that is uh, kind of insane. A really just crazy group of people. And then a lot of people that don't ask the right questions. So, yeah, to summarize, if you haven't seen it, some of this might be a spoiler, but 
it's basically two people that are both Mormon. Mm-hmm. They're a couple, right? Well, they had, they were both married before, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they meet each other, whatever, on a plane, she said, or something. Cute. Right. Totally believable. Um, you never met anyone on a plane? I mean, I, you meet people on a plane, but I mean, I don't know. That just feels very Hollywood-esque. I met a girl on a plane once. Did you marry her and start a clothing company? No. Okay, see? No, but we had a drink afterwards, <laughs> you know? I don't Once we got to the airport. Anyways. <laughs> I'm just saying it happens, man. Right. Yeah. Super believable. Um, but yeah, she somehow starts this like skirt company and is like selling them out of the back of like her van or something or SUV. And then like that somehow leads to like her getting this lady who's like buying stuff from her to be like a sales rep. And then it just starts building out the pyramid from there. But it's really, it's a multi-level marketing scheme, company, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. Um, It just gets really, really amazing when you have these people that are like the sales reps that are making like 60K a month in bonus checks. Insane. And they didn't, like they just spent it all. I don't know what they spent on. I mean, some one, of it was other inventory, I think. But even that one, the one chick who had like, she bought like the matching Tahoes that she quote unquote said she had to sell and they came and picked them up, which means that they got repoed. Yeah. Uh, they don't come and pick up your vehicle that you're selling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you just <laughs> take it to the dealership and sell it back to that's them. That's not how that works. No. That shit got repoed. Take it to CarMax if that's the case. Um, She was, she had like, she was making like over a hundred grand and like, bonus checks and i'm like what the fuck did you do with all your money yeah that's kind of a because she's like yeah i had like a hundred grand in like inventory or whatever that i was gonna get screwed because i couldn't return it after they put in that new policy if you're at that certain level or above that was the craziest thing they did (laughs) was they just said hey we have this return policy and now you don't have to be on the hook for all this inventory you buy you just sell it back to us and we'll buy it from you and then just one day they're like but not anymore. <laughs> they just changed it. Yeah. And they're people are like, wait, what do you mean? Not anymore. And they're like, yeah, 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 not anymore. And like, but like the way they wrote it was there was no end date. There's no language yeah. in there like that. And so one day they're just like, yeah, no. And then that was really, I think that was really their undoing. I mean, a lot of the stuff they did. I, I don't really understand the part where they couldn't, like, where are they to where you can't find warehouse space and you have to store things in dumpsters outside of the warehouse? You just get another district. Like, you just need a building or a tra- like a trailer. Yeah, you just need a place or, to store things. Yeah. Like, you can... It's not like you're setting up... A production facility. It would take a little time, but, like, the fact that it was sitting out there rotting, that doesn't seem... That just seems like poor management to me. Like, I think you could figure that out a little sooner than they did to where you're like shipping people stuff that smells like poop. Yeah. Well, the entire, like the entire upper management of the company is all their stepkids and all this stuff. Like it's all family because they, at the beginning of the documentary, they're talking about like kids that they adopted. And I swear they adopted somebody who was like 18 and like on our way to college, but maybe I just kind of missed a detail in there or something, but I was like, okay. But yeah, it sounds like it's somebody like brought, 
one of them the problem was like, hey, we don't have any space for all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, just put it outside. Like, it's don't bo- don't bother me with this problem right now. Yeah, it's you a wild, I mean? wild decision. But even like all the people that they interviewed that were like their, you know, sales reps or whatever, they're all, they were all kind of like, they weren't mad that the company went under or anything like that. Like if they were still making money, like they would still be with the company. And that's kind of the American way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they tried to play it off like, oh man, like they were doing all this like, it's like, no, no, you're not mad at anything that they did. You're just mad that the stuff that they did affected your, your income, your, like your dollar, your sales level or whatever. Like they weren't really mad. Like, you know, oh, they were using like sweatshops in China or whatever yeah. know, to make the clothing that like was ripping apparently whenever they changed that. But, but yeah, there's like one lady was, uh, clearly unstable because she was on like the crazy coupon people on TLC before this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, so you just jump around from like, you try to get on TV that didn't work. And then you got suckered into this thing. Like, just like, okay. And then the one lady at the end was like, yeah, but I, even though with all the bad stuff, I'm still going to stay here because I love doing my like Facebook lives and like showing I'm like, why wouldn't you just go to like, you could also just go to like school, fashion school and like, you know, do it that way, I guess. I don't know. Could she? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, yeah, but really I highly recommend that if you've got four hours to burn. It's very entertaining. The, oh, and the artist. It's not even four hours, I don't think. No, it's less than that. It's probably more like three. But also the, the artist chick from the artist art department. You're not a real artist. Like she tried to play it off as she was, but then at the end, it's like, oh, no, I was just grabbing. She had a motorcycle. What do you mean? (laughs) She was just grabbing stuff from, like, Google Images and, like, just, oh, if you change 20% of it, it doesn't violate copyright law or whatever. They're just, like, ripping stuff off Google. But, like, the first two episodes, she's trying to make it out, like, yeah, I thought it was my dream job and I was going to be able to design and everything like that. And then it turns out you find out it's like, no, you were just ripping shit off Google. Like you weren't designing shit. (laughs) Yeah. It's there's, it's just every stone that gets unturned. There's more and more interesting. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like you just watch it and you're like, where did I just want to know where they all spent the money and they all wound up divorced. I think except for the coupon lady, she's still with her husband, but everybody else like their husband. Well, that was the other thing. Yeah. They tried to get them that she wanted people to get, weight loss surgery in Mexico. <laughs> the right. the right. owner did. And she wanted it so that the husband would stop working. That's the whole goal of the comp. Like that yeah, started wanted- getting floated in there at the, yeah. like that, like it's what are you doing floating. to make your husband happy? Like all of these really traditional values that these her women mom- are like, wait, we're supposed to be girl bosses. Like they had a whole thing on that, you know? And they're like, well, yeah, being a girl boss is meaning means your husband doesn't have to work. And it was like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> and yeah, they were trying to get like, because like the founding lady's like mom wrote like a relationship book or something. See, you guys got to watch. See, we can just keep. <laughs> and then like, yeah, so the whole first part of the third episode is like them like trying to get, like you said, and then. There's parts where it's like they were trying to get the husbands to quit their jobs. So, like, all the eggs would be in, like, the LuLaRoe basket or whatever. And, like, every single husband was like, I'm not doing that. That's dumb. Like, why would I do that? It's insane. It's pretty great. It probably would have blown up 
if uh, yeah, if the state of current events. What it would. I'm surprised it hasn't like gone viral yet. What Lularo? Yeah. Oh, it has. That's how I found out about it on TikTok. Uh, I haven't. But I like usually that stuff like takes over Twitter and stuff too. Yeah, it was just a TikTok thing, and it just kind of yeah. caught on. But there's also segments of TikTok, like because it feeds you certain things, like you just get in a lane. The dopamine. Yeah, like someone I know, the Ethiopian um, enthusiast that we know. Um, she's on berries and cream TikTok. I don't understand that. What I I was explained what it is, but I still don't get it. I don't either. Okay. I was, I'm not on berries and cream TikTok. I don't want to be there. I was no, sent, I don't want to be in that lane I was either. sent a video today where a guy was remixing, um, <laughs> DMX's song with just berries and cream, but like different pitches <laughs> and no. like beats per minute. It, yeah. No, you don't want to be there. No, that sounds like, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if there was a way that you could like wipe, your tiktok so like then you could just start over <laughs> i'm sure that yeah you just make a new account right or do you think i don't know how devious there's yeah i don't think the making a new account trick works you have to get a new phone you just have a tiktok phone and you just go deep <laughs> and you just click on the like the craziest shit you see well that's what it's all wind up being is eventually like we're all gonna have to have like probably three phones because like i think it was the last joe rogan podcast i actually like listened to um trying to remember who the guest was it's was probably like Segura or something but he was saying like he had a phone that he had like took everything off of except for like he could take photos and he could text and he could call and, like that was it on that like he wiped everything else off of it or whatever and I was like oh yeah we're all gonna wind up there at some point where it's like you have to have two phones this is like my phone where I do all the social stuff and this is my other phone where like people can contact me because people have to keep it like separate, otherwise they're going to lose their minds. But interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, um, that's it for the episode. Next week is Borneo, where he goes on like this, uh, pretty much a trek into the middle of the jungle to go to like this big. Um, it's just a big party for like this kind of like tribe of people that he first visited like way back when or whatever so it's a pretty interesting episode from what i remember um so that'll be next week we have chefs and guests a new episode comes out tomorrow with carolina quiano who's the owner and chocolatier of exquisito chocolates down in miami florida so a little bit different of an episode but super interesting um, kind of goes into the whole process of making chocolate, how she got into it, um, you know, basically was working as a management consultant out in New York City, flying around and stuff. Just got super hooked on chocolate, started messing around with chocolate recipes in her studio apartment in New York City and started her own chocolate company out of it. So That's awesome. Um, it's good stuff, too. You can order it online and everything. Uh, that's kind of how I found out about it. it was just during the pandemic going to going down a chocolate bar rabbit hole. So it was like a bean to bar thing, but she goes into the whole process, like how they source and all that stuff. So a little bit different of an episode, but still awesome. So that'll be coming out tomorrow. And um, yeah, check out the podcast, past episodes, check out the website, Instagram, Spoon Mob, Twitter, Facebook, um, 
rate, review, subscribe. Feel free to email us, spoonmob.yahoo.com or through the website. But otherwise, we'll be back next week. See you. Later. <laughs>